everybody doing tonight sharing I'm hoping uh, which is what I'm doing right now attempting to actually so one second while everybody shares we seem to be having a slight issue here we go Well, that happened faster than usual tonight. All right. So one more. All right, there we go. Sweet. So here we are, it's Tuesday night, and we're on Tuesday because yesterday was a holiday, and I figured there wouldn't be very many around, so I decided to do it today instead. Um, the only other thing about that is that my wife's working, so I'm with myself and Yeshua, me and Yeshua are going to do it tonight, and uh, as you can see, and I'm going to share about the Book of Life. Well, first, I want to say that um, this podcast is available uh, in video on, uh, obviously, on Facebook. It's on YouTube. Um, it's on uh, other platforms such as uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, iHeartRadio, a bunch of other platforms. So if you want to listen to it when you're uh, you know, doing something else and can't watch it, then you're able to do that. Uh, post after we're done or you can pull it up and watch the video it will be on YouTube after the fact and right now um, also I can give you the um, coordinates for that um, let's see yes so it's uh, www dot youtube.com forward slash capital G grace and capital T truth capital J capital B Brown you have to have that all just like that in order to get to the site but there on the site you will see a whole list of everything that we've done or a lot that we've done are available there as a resource to be able to check it out and uh, see different things also we have a web page, which is coming right up, www.hcmhyphenstrafford.org. And you can also see things there, podcasts, audios, um, some write-ups so you can understand a little bit about what we're about, including the bridge, which gives you a good idea of how this came about. Uh, over the years what the Lord spoke to me and how I got in this crazy place that I am now so um, I'd like to welcome Ed and Arlene are on tonight and yes Eddie awesome it's Tuesday night so I like to bless everybody that comes on whether it's post after the fact or right now that will come on as we share tonight so um, I want to go a little deeper in a couple areas tonight because um, lately the Lord's really been just uh, challenging me to share some of the symbology so that we would understand a little bit about that. 
uh, I wanted to start by saying that I'm really excited. In 1978, he told me, uh, commissioned me, really. He said, go and tell them I'm alive. And just recently, I finished the eighth manual, which is the bridge going from objectivity to subjectivity, to understanding, going the difference, to learn the difference between carnality and spirituality, and to help people make that transition. And how did I write it? But he uh, revealed it to me. I'm basically a scribe. And in the midst of that, I had to walk it out. So I'm walking it out and unveiling it at the same time. So i uh, excited because at the time I didn't completely understand what he was talking about. I thought it was evangelism, obviously. That was in 78, which is 45 years ago. But it wasn't evangelism he was talking about. It was about the reality of what it means he is alive. And so um, in the 8th manual... Um, which I just finished, uh, I got to really unpack some of that. And that was exciting to me because it's been 45 years and I've been actually able to start to unfold some of what he's talking about. You know, the beautiful thing about the Lord is he plants seeds in you and then you don't understand them necessarily when you get them, but then as he develops over the years, when he starts to tell you what that means, you have roots. Otherwise, you'd think, I must be crazy. But you have roots. The roots are of the seed are already in you, and it's been growing for years. And then when he begins to unpack it, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's what that means. And so that's what it's been like for me in many areas that he's done that. He showed me immortality in 1978, but I had no grid for it because I thought everybody had to die to get to heaven. So I didn't understand what he was talking about. So he had to just appease me with the way I could understand it at the time. And then 40 some years later, start to really expand me and take me into his reality, which is divine reality versus my reality, which is always changing. It's progressive light. It changes as we go. So I wanted to start tonight by sharing uh, an experience I had in 1983. In 1983, I was still pretty um, insecure and didn't like speaking in front of people, believe it or not. That was not my thing. Probably my greatest fear was to get up and share. And uh, at the time, John Arnett, was, uh, um, who was part of the Toronto Revival or Renewal, uh, had kept pushing me out of the boat because I met him in 81. So he kept pushing me out of the boat. John, do this, John. So anyway, I have this dream. And I'm at our church on Wellington Street in the dream. And I'm on the stage. And I'm literally in the glory and the joy of the Lord. I'm jumping up and down, which wasn't me jumping up and down on the stage, filled with the glory of God, and preaching on Romans chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8. Now, in that time, I uh, wouldn't have been preaching, so it was unusual. Kind of scared the crap out of me a little bit, because I thought, oh no, is this what what I'm going to be asked to do? Romans 6, 7, and 8. And as I looked out, I noticed that everybody had their heads down looking at the floor. And the father said to me, and this was the church, by the way. This isn't the lost. Because, see, I came out of this thinking, oh, it's Romans Road. Because everybody learns Romans Road, and, t- and that's what you use to help people come to Christ. So I'd preach Romans Road in the streets. But that wasn't what this was about at all. But I thought it was, because that's where I was at. Not necessarily the truth, do you see? Nothing wrong with Romans Road, but it wasn't what he was talking about. So their heads are all looking down. And he said to me, John, I want you to go out, and I want you to lift their heads up so that they can look me in the eye. Look me in the face. Because my bride is under condemnation. 
legalism and condemnation. And I felt his heart in it. Now, I knew that this was important to him. I understood that this was something he was asking me to do. But again, I had no ability to climb up into what he was talking about. So I want to talk a little bit about that to lay a bit of a foundation as I go into this tonight about the book of life and how we need to awaken. Because we're taught dogma and we just accept the dogma, but it's not what it's really about. Just like I thought that was Romans wrote. The dogma is that there's this book and that God's going to look to see if your name's in the book of life. And if it's not in the book, then you get cast into hell. And so how do you get it in the book? By saying a prayer. Which this stuff was developed back in the 40s. It doesn't mean that's what it's talking about. Is it? Is there a truth in it? Absolutely. And that's what we want to look at a bit tonight. Okay, so Romans 6, it's Jesus said, first of all, he goes, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? Well, Romans 6 is the way, Romans 7 is the truth, and Romans 8 is the life. In Romans 6, he's, he's the way. So the way is through Jesus, which leads us to the truth. Remember, Jesus... Um, says, I will give you the spirit of truth and he will lead you into all truth. He will lead you into all truth. It's a journey. That's why this is called the journey. We're on a journey. So Jesus is the way. And there's many words to explain this. There's faith, hope, and love. That's Romans 6, 7, and 8. Body, soul, spirit. There's many different, the, the son, the spirit, and the father. So let's just look at this. Romans 6. You have faith and you Jesus uh, leads you to out of, towards spirit from carnality and you come to become aware that there's more going on in the world than you thought. Now this is what he spoke to me just recently about that. He said, the beginning of questioning is not seeing in the light. It's only realizing that there is a light. And awakening in the darkness to seek the light. That's Romans 6. I'm crucified with Christ. For many, they think that's enough. They said the prayer. They got Jesus in their heart. It's all done. It's wrapped up. Their name's in a book. That's not, that's not it. It's not even are you in the light yet. You're still in the darkness, only aware there is a light. Like John the Baptist said, I am not the light. I'm only pointing to the light. That was the living word. So he is now, we begin to question. And this is where a lot of people get hung up um, because they begin to see things that are wrong. But they're still within carnality. So they're, they're thinking, we got to fix these things. But the problem is you're still in the darkness. Darkness can't really help darkness. If somebody's blind and he's leading somebody that's blind, they're both going to fall in the ditch. Do you see? We need to recognize there's something higher here. So he said, So then the journey begins of letting go of darkness or blindness, becoming neutral. That means you're not in that fight within the darkness. And ascending in the light as we become Christ conscious, which is the water above the firmament, right? Remember, I spoke last week, I think it was, or two times ago, that there's the uh, water in Genesis, the water above the firmament and the water below the firmament. The firmament's the veil. The top of the the water above is Christ conscious, the water below is when we're carnal. We have a consciousness, but we're in carnality. We're in darkness. We're dead. We're asleep. 
So we need to become Christ conscious or, or, or begin to be aware of the water above the firmament. Or it's called the greater light. There's the greater light for the day, it says in Genesis, and the lesser light for the night. We're just talking in when we in the natural or the simple understanding is the sun and the moon, which we've been taught. But but you realize the moon doesn't have any light of its own. It only is a, a shadow or a reflection of the greater light. So it's reflecting the sun. It reflects the sun. So the greater light and the lesser light, the greater light is be is is the Lord, the consciousness of Jesus leading us and the lesser light is the light in the darkness that leads us to the it's just a reflection a reflection the bible the way we have it in our hands that's a shadow or reflection it's not got the light it is reflecting the light or pointing you to the light like john the baptist did there is a light i'm not it but i know who is and i'm pointing towards it that's what he's talking about so there's a greater light, which is the Father. There's the lesser light, which is what he uses within the darkness to point us to the light. It's not the light in itself. So the simple or the literal isn't what we'd call the bottom line. It's a reflection of a greater truth, a higher truth that's couched on it. And that's what you want to look at. Remember, I've talked about rabbinic understanding, where you have uh, the literal or simple, they call it, then the hint, then the allegorical or symbology, and then math. The hidden, it's called. The hidden. So people don't see it unless they seek it out, and God will reveal it. Remember, it's the glory of God, glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search a matter out. So you've got to search it out. It's not going to fall on you. All right, so there's the greater light and the lesser light. And there's this thing he calls it in Romans 6, you begin to question. You're not in the light yet. You're just beginning. So Proverbs 4.18 says the path of the righteous or those in right standing is like the light of dawn shining brighter and brighter until the full day. That's just like early in the morning you can't see anything. This is a proverb. And then later in the day it's bright and then it's Say sometime, somewhere between noon and three, you, the shadow's under your feet. There's more shadow turning. Full light. That's the journey we're on. Proverbs telling you about the journey. And there's words in that, by the way. There's code. The Bible's a code, book of code. There's code words in there. For those that have eyes to see, we'll know what, he, what it's talking about, what Solomon's saying to you. He's not just saying what we think. It says that the path of the right standing is like the morning um, the morning star, the light of dawn, which is Yeshua, shining inside you, brighter and brighter until the full day. Well, the full day is the seventh day. It's the perfect day. It's the day of the Lord. They're all the same terminology. It's when you get to the top of Jacob's ladder. That's what it's talking about. So it's before you step into the eighth, which I'll talk again a little bit about shortly. So that's what's happening. It's to get brighter and brighter and brighter. So it, we're really kind of naive to write theology in the dark. We're really kind of naive walking on the beach, feeling a bit of spray, saying, oh, I know what's five miles down in the ocean. We don't know anything about that. This is in our minds. Carnality. In the mind of man. We want to go from the mountain of man to the mountain of God. From, from this place of... of uh, delusion illusions to the place of being in divine reality remember there's my truth and his truth and i'm on i'm in progress of a journey he is perfect truth divine reality heavenly that's words just words don't get caught up in what you've been taught it's something he's telling us so we move from Romans 6 to Romans 7, which is, remember, the truth, the way the truth. So the truth is a journey from carnality to spirit, which can take many years, as it took the Israelites 40 years to go across the wilderness. Do you realize that would have taken 11 days? They just went in circles. 
11 days. Do you know that that's a picture? It's a picture to tell us to be teachable that we haven't arrived. We think we've arrived, so we're going in circles. Romans 7. So I've been easily 40 years. I can't say anything about the Israelites because we've seen miracles. And I've been walking in it. But I'm not yet in the promised land. I'm close. But I'm not there. Romans 7 can be a long journey and many don't make it. Narrow is the road that leads to life, difficult the path, and few find it. Wide is the road that leads to, to destruction. Many are they, what? That are upon it. Why don't we become teachable like little children, like Jesus said? Realize that maybe what we think we know isn't even really all the truth. And let him bring truth to us. He promised to bring us into all truth, man. All truth. Man. 1 Corinthians 13 says, verse 11 to 13 says, Paul writing, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, it's talking about maturing, I put away my childish things. Wow. Do you think the Western church could have put away our childish things? Hmm. He asked me in 2000 and... Six, what do you suppose the Western church would need reformed from? He just asked a question, posed it to me. Just like Martin Luther went through a reformation. What do we need reformed from? Do we have our ducks all straight? Or do we have childish things? Because he says, for now we see in a mirror dimly. Dimly. Can't even see clearly because we're still fighting this carnal mind in the darkness, the egoic understanding. But then, when? When I'm in spirit, when I'm mature, face to face, I know in part now, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Oh. And now, abide, here he goes, Paul, faith, hope, love. He's talking about Romans 6, 7, and 8. He's talking about the way, the truth, the life, the Father, who is love. These three, but the greatest of these, Paul says, is love, is the Father, agape love. That's where God wants to take us. Out of our darkness where we fell, bringing us back into the Father from where we came from. We're not starting in our mother's womb. Because notice it says, I will know as I've been known. I've been known for millions of years. It's me that doesn't know who I am because I'm looking through the carnal mind dimly. Hmm. He then says in Hebrews 9, Eight, the Holy Spirit signifies in this that the way into the sanctuary, that's the Father, the Holy of Holies, was not yet made manifest as long as the first tabernacle was still standing. So as long as we're in Romans 7, we're in carnality, Romans 8 is not yet revealed to us. We're still in the carnal. We call it spirit. Why isn't it working? Inventory. Let's take inventory. 
You know, they're talking about people prophesying. That remember, I think it's in Hebrews one. It says that the prophets uh, spoke in um, fragments, but we now have the Son, the Word, the Son. So who are we listening to? It's just fragments in the dark. Pieces of truth, not the truth. And we run after this stuff. In fact, we've kind of idolized it. Thinking it was God. Remember, John, even John recognized, I'm not the light. I'm just pointing to the light. We need to understand what does this mean? It's not yet manifest as long as you're still in Romans 7 in carnality. You haven't yet stepped into the Holy of Holies or the place from where you fell within the Father. Now let's look at Romans 8. <clears throat> the life in the Father is, it's, is the promised land. It's where the Israelites were searching for, the milk and honey. It's called abundant life. I will give you abundant life. That's called Zoe life. And Zoe life is immortal, incorruptible, indestructible. That's what the, is in the Father, immortality. So we're going back home to glory, to the very life in the Spirit, that's where we're going. Now, Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, comma, is a huge comma. Notice it's a law. So something changes when you hit the Holy of Holies and you enter into a new law that you come under called the Spirit of life, or that Zoe life, immortal life, in Christ, Christ is a state of being within the Father. Because it says, let me read it again, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, Jesus, comma, has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there's a law operating, still in carnality, called the law of sin and death, like gravity. It's graves are full. But there's another law in Romans 8. It's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ. So you want to be in Christ. And Yeshua came to point the way to it. He came as a mirror in this realm of the life of a son of God, Christ life. He is the head of the body. Remember, Paul said? He's the head of the Christ. He is Jesus, the Christ. Christ wasn't his last name. So that's powerful when you see that there's something about being in Romans 8, in spirit. So if we fell into carnality, then we must ascend through Jesus, who is Jacob's ladder, John 151, back up into the glory from where we fell within our minds, and that's where we became veiled. We became veiled. Just checking my time. We became veiled there. So we want to go back to where we came from which is fully in the Spirit, fully in the Spirit. So there was my grandchildren, they, the young ones, they wear these things called a puddle jumper when they go into the deep water, when they jump in the deep end of a pool. They wear puddle jumpers, and they trust them, and they just float in the water, and we need to be like this. We need to be become like a child, which is teachable. It says a wordless infant is what that means. Teachable in the deep. And let go of the security of carnality, 
into revelation through symbolism in order to have eyes to see. It's in order to have eyes to see. Hmm. A central doctrine of the Christian faith. So you will need to become, put our pearl jumpers on now. Okay? <laughs> As we go into this. I just got to fix something here. Give me one sec. Okay. Hmm. Okay. The central doctrine of the Christian faith, it affirms that God took human form in the body of Christ. In other words, God was incarnated in human flesh. This doctrine is based on the fundamental paradox that because God was incarnated in Christ, Christ was both fully human and fully God at the same time. So let me say that again in the, the one part, that God took human form in the body of Yeshua. John 1, 1 to 4. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and all things were made through him. Apart from him, nothing was made that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. So the, he, he is what illuminates us and gives us life and revelation to come into the freedom. Notice God, the Word, created everything. There isn't anything he didn't create. So isn't that the Father? If I speak to you and say, um, I wish that you'd be filled with joy tonight. Who just spoke to you? It was my word, but it was me that said it. Therefore, it's my word. It's me. It's my intention that you be filled with joy. So God, who's omnipresent in the whole universe, he's spirit, he puts on human flesh or descends in a form as you and I, human form, in this dimension, called God is salvation, Yeshua. And he walks about, now he is the word made flesh and dwelt among us. Now we can see the intention of who God is and what he's saying right in front of us in our eyes. You see, he came to reveal himself. You wonder what God's like. Look at Jesus. Suffer the little children to come unto me. Unconditional love. This is who he is. Now, let's go a little deeper now with, in Genesis, Adam is the whole human race. And something was taken out of him called Eve in the fall. Something was removed. And you notice in the book of Revelations, that's at the beginning of the book, at the end of the book, in the book of Revelations, there's a marriage supper of the Lamb. A marriage takes place. Two become one flesh. There's a great mystery Paul talks about here. Huge mystery when he's talking about marriage in Corinthians. He's not talking about marriage like we think. It's not about marriage. He's talking a great mystery. You got to climb up. You got to begin to say, God, what does this mean? You got to pull things from all over and begin to look. 
So, notice something here. Try to keep buckled up. It is good. He put Adam to sleep. Oh, we're all asleep. And something was removed from us. Eve. And in Revelations, at the end of the journey, we get it back. It's the marriage. Now it says the marriage supper of the Lamb. What is a supper? It's a meal. Remember he said? It's his flesh and blood. Except you eat my flesh and blood, you can have no part in me. So what do you suppose they're serving at the, at the, at the meal? What are they serving for you? If you want to be married, you're going to have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. What is this? Well, his word, his living word, is called sperma. It impregnates like the manna from heaven. And the DNA, it, the, 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 the manna awakens the DNA, which is in the blood. That's what blood is, is DNA of who you are that's already recorded within you. So already within you is the truth about you will know as you've been known, the DNA, it's in you. It's you that doesn't know because you're asleep, Adam. And Eve, you're not aware of because she's been separated from you. And that is consciousness and subconsciousness. Your conscious mind is the male that speaks, remember James says, out of the mouth come the words, life or death. Sperma, you're impregnating something. And your subconsciousness, or the feminine part, is the part that receives and becomes impregnated and brings forth birth or life. And if you don't know what that is, if you're asleep and don't know what that is, what that means is you're impregnating something and bringing birth to something that isn't good because you're unaware and you're serving the, the consequences, meaning you're creating your own life. What's going on around you? It's coming out of your mouth because you're impregnating your subconscious and your subconscious is bringing it about. Like a man and a woman, the man impregnates the woman, the woman gets pregnant and nine months later she gives birth. This is a, what Paul is trying to tell us. James is trying to tell us. It says, judge not lest you be judged. By who? You. You put it out there and you bring it back to yourself. Judgment, all judgment is, is a conclusion. You've made a conclusion about something in your carnality and now you are producing it. He's saying, don't do that. Stop doing that. Love unconditionally. So Genesis, Adams goes to sleep and Eve's removed. That means the veil comes, we're blinded to the feminine part of us, the part that impregnates in the subconsciousness and brings forth whatever we speak into. So we need to change our mind. Metanoia, go the other direction, change your mind. Speak life, not death. And I won't get into this time thing right now, but what's, what's really is Jesus said to me, my presence is me in the present. So what's my past? <laughs> what, it's what's creating my future. It's not who I am, it's who I believe I am, and I continue to do it. Therefore, I'm living the future from my past, and I'm in a loop, and I need to get out. And the only way out is I need to get married. I need to know what's really going on here and become one flesh and live it. Okay, so the sperma is the word or the belief by programming by the male of the, which is the conscious mind. And we need to know who we are, which is to eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus. The flesh is the manna, the living word, the truth from him, the living word, to us, the light, remember, his life is the light, 
of man. He brings the revelation to us. He ascends us up the ladder. Jacob's ladder is him. He is the revelation. Remember Proverbs, brighter and brighter is the day until the fullness of the day. Romans 6, 7, and 8, until I come back into the Spirit, and I awaken, and I'm married, and I know now, and I'm able to speak because I am in the image of God. Therefore, I'm able to speak in line and with him and bring about what he is saying. Because I am my father's son. You are your father's son, neither male nor female, and able to create. You are creating. It's just you're not liking what you're creating because you believed a lie. And you're living in illusions in the dark and we're being programmed by everything around us to stay there so there was this man there's this story about this man when he was dying he called his wife over and she leaned down to him and in his in his dying in his last breath he tells his wife when you lift your head from your pillow you have everything you need. That's huge. He had the revelation. You have everything you need within you. It's you and I that doesn't know it. We need to wake up to this reality. In the ancient Southwest Asia, people perceived each other as vibrating with a particular atmosphere or sound. They called that their Shem. It was as though human beings were considered sound rather than mere outer appearances. The easiest way to connect with the Shem of a prophet was to breathe as they were breathing. So get into rhythm with them, walk in their footsteps, or to intone sound as they were intoning it. So following this method of praying or meditating using Aramaic allows us to connect directly to Yeshua through his sound to his vibration, rhythm, atmosphere. Yeshua's Shem is still resonating now. In any moment when we feel his presence, you're feeling his Shem. <laughs> oh. And you can enter into it and go deep into the manifest presence of the Shem of Yeshua, Jesus. And it will lift you because his desire is to take you to where you fell from, which is in the Father and the glory. Now, in the Nag, Nag Hammadi, there are Gospels that were removed because... Uh, Constantine and religion did not want us to know spiritual truths and so they created lies around it so we wouldn't look Das Gospel of Philip Philip says this the, those who say that the Lord first died and then was resurrected they're wrong I know this is twisting you but he, listen for a moment what I'm saying for he was first resurrected and then died remember mountain of transfiguration he was already fully resurrected if someone has not been resurrected they can only die if they have already been resurrected they are alive as God is alive go and tell them I'm alive John <laughs> we have to resurrect here up the ladder awaken to his Shem live and move and have my being in him not wait for some situation we've been told it's not true now is the time to raise from the dead now's the time to awake you sleeper remember we need to awake Jesus died on Golgotha which is the place of the skull that means where's our mind in our skull 
We need to die to the matrix, which is the mind of man or carnality. That's what he's saying, the carnal mind. That's a picture. He came to reveal the way that was always there. Remember, sin is separation. Not all the stuff that we do because we're separated and don't know any better. Separation. He came to reveal the way. So he walked as us, for us, resurrected into the fullness of the Father, was in him, moving in the fullness of who he really is, and then goes to the cross to, on the skull to reveal something has to die in order to live, to get into Romans 8. Now, this is really good. For instance, um, remember, Romans 8 is 8. Remember that there's seven steps on the ladder, then we go into 8. Remember that Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day. Oh, eight. The flesh needs to be cut away. The carnality has to be cut away. Yes, to get into Romans 8, the carnal mind has to go. So carnality, the flesh has to be removed. That's what the circumcision was revealing. And then you got another picture of what I've been talking about. You got Abraham. Abraham, what does God do? He comes, he puts him asleep. Oh, Adam, you're sleeping. And then what's he do? He puts, uh, splits the animals, the beast nature, 666, that's us, walking in two-part being, body and soul, no spirit. He cuts it in half, puts half on each side. Why? Because your consciousness and your subconsciousness has been separated. And then what's he do? He comes down himself and walks in a figure eight, right? And what that means is he, he is the one. It's like if I make a covenant with somebody, both me and the other person are committed to that covenant. He didn't make the covenant without him. He put him to sleep, Abraham. And he walked it. So he's committed to himself. So he's going to do it. Do you see? He did it. He made covenant with himself as us for us, revealing that covenant on the cross. That's what he came to reveal, what he did there. He'd already done it to show us what it was and that he was going to bring those pieces back together. The marriage supper within you within me the the flesh and the blood of yeshua the living word of god manifested that's what i'm bringing right now we're eating manna right now hmm. <clears throat> he did it while abraham was asleep we need to awake to what he did there's another gospel called the gospel of truth it says when a will hasn't yet been opened the wealth of the deceased master of the house is hidden so too all were hidden while the father of all was invisible they were from him from whom every realm comes because of this Jesus was, re was revealed, listen, he put on that book, was nailed to a tree. Why was it a tree? Because it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And published the Father's etiquette on the cross. And the word etiquette, edict, edict, I think, is a decree or order or ordinance issued by a sovereign, a state, or any other holder of authority. That was the Father walking, the eight. And then it became revealed. When? When Jesus descended into the book of life. Here. We're in the book now 
right now. He put on the book, was nailed to the tree, and published the Father's etiquette on the cross. What a great teaching, it says. Drawing himself down to death, he clothed himself in eternal life, stripped himself of the perishable rags, and clothed himself in incorruptibility. That is, that Zoe life, which no one can take from him. Now listen to this. This is powerful. When he entered the empty realms of terror, he passed through those who were stripped by forgetfulness. That's all of us. The whole human race that ever was, is, or will be, who has the firmament between the consciousness above and, and the Christ consciousness and the, our consciousness of carnality below. The forgetfulness. He, he, it says, passed through those who were stripped by forgetfulness, he being knowledge, revelation, and completion. It was completed. When he came, it was already completed. He didn't complete it on the cross. It was completed long before revealed in Abraham sleeping and him cutting covenant and then revealing it in Calvary on the tree. He's completion, proclaiming the things that are in the heart to teach those who will receive teaching. Except we become as a little child, remember? Who, those who will receive teaching. This is from the Book of the Living. Now, those who will receive teaching are the living who are written in the Book of the Living. Is your name in the Book of Life? Are you teachable? Are you receiving from the Father? That's what it's talking about. If you're receiving teaching from the Father and you're awakened and it's happening, your name is in the Book of Life because you're here and because you're awake and, and life is flowing in and through you. Right now, as I'm speaking, there's life within me. I can feel it and flowing right now. That is the Shem of Yeshua within. I am alive. I am alive in the book of life. My name's written in it. I'm here. That's what that's talking about. They receive teaching about themselves, and they receive it from the Father, and they return to him again. You see Romans 8. Come on, that's what's going on. We're to return to the Father. Romans 6 to Romans 7 the journey into Romans 8 therefore there's no condemnation for those that are in in Christ the law of the Spirit in Christ has set them free that's where we're returning and the father's teaching us and bringing us into himself again hence the gospel of truth if one has knowledge that's revelation he's from above if he's called he hears he replies and he turns towards him who called him he turns towards he turns his face towards him in 2005 the Lord said to me John when you're talking to me look me in the eye and I knew what he meant he meant be aware of me. Be aware of my presence. Don't talk about me. Talk to me. And so as I would begin to do that and focus on him, talking to him, his presence would come, and I'd begin to get wrecked in the glory. John, if you're going to talk to me, look me in the eye. If I turn my head the other way, you're unaware of me. If I look at you, you're looking in my eyes. You're aware of my presence. Look me in the eye, John. The presence. It says, he turns towards him who called him and he ascends to him. We're ascending to, the, to our dad. And he knows what he has called. Since he has knowledge, he does the will of him who called him. He desires to please him and he finds rest. 
because you're no longer working things out. <laughs> You've already arrived. You're walking in the rest. He receives a certain name. We know that in Revelation, it talks about the white stones, right? With their name written on the stones, that's the real name. That's your real name is on that stone because you're a living stone. Mm. He who this, thus is going to have knowledge knows where he came from and where he is going. He knows it as a person who, having become intoxicated, has turned from his drunkenness. And what that means is you've turned from being drunk in the illusions of the mind of man. We're manipulated there. And having come to myself, to himself, has received what is his own. What's written in your DNA? What's there? Who are you? Who is God? Who are you? We have to ascend to find out. We have to wake from sleep. We have to recognize that God already cut the covenant. Jesus revealed it. Who are we? Are we alive in the book of life? Or are we still waiting for some book? <laughs> at the pearly gates or whatever we've been told, right? <laughs> he restores what is his own. It says then he has turned many from error. He went before them to their own places. This is Yeshua. He did it for us. From which they departed when they erred because of the depth of him who surrounds every place, whereas there is nothing which surrounds him. Nothing surrounds the Father. It was a great wonder, it says, that they were in the Father without knowing him and that they were able to leave on their own. See, we've never left the Father. He surrounds all things. You're in the Father, and the Father's in you. Jesus said, I'm in the Father, the Father is in me, we're one. So are we. Thing is, we, we have believed in separation and been veiled by carnality, carnal ego mind, and that's where we've lived. And so that's why it says, it's a great wonder that they were in the Father and didn't know him. They didn't know it. And they were uh, able to leave on their own. Father let you. Believe the lie, thinking you were leaving and not knowing where God is. And now all you see in religion is everybody trying to get to God and building the golden calf at the base of the mountain. What? Pouring all their money into something that they can see, whether it's a great worship set or whatever the heck it is that we make. Not knowing. I'm in the Father, the Father's in me, and we're one, and we're waking up to that reality and beginning to live in the glory and the joy of our beloved. Now, now, right now, this second, right now. And heading as he pulls us up, if we hear his voice, the living word, the sperma, and we become impregnated with him, we begin to ascend into the Father. Once again, that veil or the firmament in Genesis being removed, and there we are. Since they were not able to contain him and know him in whom they were. For indeed, his will had not come forth from him, for he revealed it as a knowledge, a revelation, with which all emanations agree, namely, the knowledge of the living book. The revelation of the living book. It's a living book you're in a book when you go outside and you look at trees and you look at animals and you look at birds and you they're all talking it's all language it's all language it's all speaking to you about you and about who the father is father told me a long time ago he said john when you can answer who am i and who are you that's the foundation then we can go somewhere that's what's going on. I'm heading 
in towards Romans 8, that I might know him who is life and find out that I'm his son and who I really am. Therefore, no longer believing in the lies and the illusions and the experience since I've been here, but finding out who I am before I came into my mother's womb, therefore living it now in, in immortality. Just waking up to the truth called divine reality. The knowledge, the revelation of the living book. So I did all right. It's eight o'clock on. I've actually got this in. I didn't think I would. Light is progressive, and the unveiling of one's mind from the illusions and religious pharisaical delusions to who he is and who we are in him. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. And I've just touched on a little bit, but I think we're okay because we have our... Um, Puddle jumpers on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have our puddle jumpers on. And the beauty of this is that you can listen to this more than once. And you can ask the Father if it be so. Let him quicken it to you. I'm just stirring the waters. That's all I'm doing. I'm a scribe. And I'm stirring the waters. And he told me, go and tell them I'm alive. <laughs> He's not in the by and by. He's right here. Jesus said, when you've seen me, Philip, you've seen the Father. When we understand sacred unity, that we are all one in God, how would we treat each other? Hmm. Whatever you do to the least of these, Yeshua said, you're doing it to me. Wow. Love your enemies. Wow. I didn't get told about that guy. I met him. <laughs> I've met him a few times. I mean truly met him i'm not saying he doesn't talk he talks all the time to me but i met him seen the representation he used to unveil him to me and then i got taken into something that was teaching me what i needed to do and they said that we want to be like christ but it's nothing like christ it's the older brother <laughs> isn't it in the prodigal son isn't it aren't we all the older brother say what yeah father didn't have an issue with the guy with any of us because we are all the prodigals and they aren't backslidden christians that's everybody we're all the prodigals that left home blew the inheritance the very life we've got inside and we're returning and look at dad it's just a picture it's an allegorical picture to tell you something about him and something about you it's a picture book the bible's a picture book <laughs> it's, it's probably really good for kindergarten class it's it's by the spirit it says the word of god is discerned by the spirit of god you can't get it outside of him you can be analytical all day long. We can create religion, but the thing is, <clears throat> hey, the thing is, out of our mouth comes sperma, and it impregnates the subconscious, but we're unaware, and it's creating. Be careful. Let's turn it around, guys. Let's turn it around. Let's start to speak life over everybody i don't care what they did let's start speaking life over ourselves you're loved by the father you're worthy because he made you worthy 
You've never not been worthy. What you did was while you're blind and asleep. Adam. <laughs> Abraham. Oh, man. It's time for us to awaken to the very love of God shed abroad in our hearts. It's time for each of us to get married once again to our conscious and our subconscious becoming one flesh. That means our conscious and subconscious, the male and the female, married as one so that we understand what it is we're saying and impregnating into this universe. Like a friend of mine always says, love wins. Love wins. Truth is, love won. It's us that doesn't know it yet because we're an echo of a future reality. Love won. We can either get on board or continue playing in the dirt. It's up to us. I've chose desire for father i've chose desire to know why not what the heck pete got out of the boat it's a picture let's get out of the boat let's choose life he's faithful he's faithful in all things to bring us fully in the light under the law of life because he's it he's life he is the life and we have him in us time to be resurrected in the book of life to know the truth and have the truth make us free i'd like to bless you all tonight hope that was uh, some good food for thought and like Justin Abraham always says, you're powerful enough to disagree. And that's okay. I'm not asking you to join a club. I'm not asking you to um, believe the way I believe. I'm asking you to search a matter out. Just in case. There might be something there for you. There might be something there. There might be breadcrumbs that get us to the Father. You know? Let's let's check it out. Anybody have any questions? <clears throat> All right. Until we meet again. Bless everybody. Hope you have a great night and chew on this for a little while and we'll see where father goes from here amen bless you guys